0: Hello everybody and welcome to Bruvagoon, you will not get there on an off-the-shelf bike. Yes, that's what we are talking about today, we are talking about bespoke custom-made projects. Little story behind it, but first of all, thanks a lot for listening to that and thanks a lot Komut, to sponsoring and supporting this podcast even in this super random episode people at Komoot you are great and people outside you can even be greater if you go on G and make your first subscription with writing the code broom so you can actually unlock your extra region and that's awesome something really popped up into my email this week because now Komoot has also 3d maps really immersive experience you can really understand different landscapes or different scenarios where you can ride your bike and, of course, you can really understand how steep is that climb. You could do it also before, but now you can visualize it. For the moment, you can just visualize it on your computer, on your laptop, or whatever you're using, but I'm pretty sure that awesome people around Komut are going to develop this view also on your mobile phone. And this is going to be super great. And then you can really step by step plan your route and see where these steep climbs are hidden. Because we all know that Komut likes to put steep climbs around even a pancake flat, right? Little story I was saying, thanks again Komut. The story is that a few weeks ago I was in UK and there I met a lot of people and everybody was telling me, Stefan, are you coming to Bespoke? I don't know, I really don't know people if I can do it. Then I thought, what shall I do? Maybe it's going to be Ruler Life better and then Bespoke better. And then I talked with probably three crucial persons about that. Shout out to the three of them. The first one, of course, my friend John. We were talking remotely about that. Then I went to visit him in Amsterdam and then he said Bespoke is probably the place to be if you want to meet people like you. For sure, Ruler Life is great, but maybe would be great for the first time if you go to a non-traditional trade show event, like the Bespoke. Hmm, almost sold. Then I talked with uh, Josh. I mean, you're not Josh, we have been talking with Josh forever in the last month. So, and he told me as well, Stefano, I mean, go to Ruler Life as the audience, just as a visitor. But if you really want to create great content, Bespoke is the place to be. And then Jack from Albion. Stefano, we're gonna be there, we're gonna have a huge booth, you can come over, hang out, we're gonna do amazing things. I think Bespoke is the place to be. Then, what shall I do? Until the week before, I didn't do so much, and then the week of the show, I just went directly to Google Flights, booked the flights, spent a lot of money did a lot of, I mean, really transition, not going directly from A to B, visit friends in London, having few hours of sleep, but spending amazing time at the show. Just one day, Saturday. I mean, remember, no to Stefano, no to the future Stefano. If you want to go to a show, go on the first day. Awards are going to be there. People are pumped up. Lovely and great after party, parties are happening. Next time I'm going to go on the first day or at least will start from the first day but they went on Saturday still a lot of people that I met I didn't talk with them all I mean it was really too much and I'm super guilty that I didn't talk with Jack or Graham and everybody who was there at Albion's by the way they were doing amazing things they were repairing every kind of single item that was broken of course with a bit of stress a bit more on their own clothing never trashing a brand new or still a completely useful kit, but repair it. That's what they wanted to push in a sustainable way. And they were also printing some good and nice looking logos on the jerseys. So I didn't talk with them, but something is coming, something is coming. Wait for a bit of time and something will come over there. Anyways, shout out to Albion. Awesome people, awesome stories, a different way to do marketing, a different way to build up things always with sustainability and inclusivity in mind. Twins, we are just twins. I didn't talk as well with other people, but I met, for example, Catherine, Catherine Moore. Super cool because we talked with her so many times and finally we met in person. It was really, I mean, great. And then I'm also there and I met also for the first time in person Mr. DiMaggio, Super great to have you there. Also, Andy, um, double track fanatic, the guy around the European divide. What else to say? Just awesome people were there. In this podcast, you will not find also John, John Woodruff from Teuton, and Kike from Teuton, and Christy, and Bob, and everybody who was there. But you are in my heart, and thanks a lot for pushing me there. We spent a lot of amazing time, anyways, in the after party. And you will not find here as well, Peter. One of the organizers but a lot of nice people are there and actually i can say that a lot of nice people are there that probably you didn't hear enough talking about enough of me rambling around london you were great bespoke you were great and we will meet for sure in one year time for the next event happening in leipzig you're gonna hear a bit more during this event And, I mean, UK people, it's just amazing. Ah, and shout out also to Josh. He's not in this episode, but he's in the episode before that we recorded as well from this post. I hope I'm not missing anything. I mean, if I'm missing something, I just love you all. So I'm here with Daniel. Uh, can you spell, basically, pronounce the name of your brand properly? Because otherwise I'm going to make a mess.
1: Yes, my, 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 my brand is uh, 10.07. Okay. And uh, the reason is 10.07. Uh, if you want to tell your story about it. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was working for a different company uh, as a frame builder at 10.07, I was having my banana time. So by mistake, I set my alarm on my, my, my watch at 10.07. And uh, since then, it it stayed fixed. Like I said, 10:07, I have a banana, and my watch was like beeping for 20 seconds at 10:07, and everyone started to make a joke from "It's 10:07, it's banana time." And um, when we decide to go for for the name for the brand, we choose at the end 10:07 as as a name, and we choose Donkey Uh as logo for our cargo and the banana is like an extension for, for the funny of the brand Absolutely. and uh, that's why we say that 10.07 is banana time and 10.07 is the name of the brand. Yeah.
0: That's why also this awesome color, you know? Yeah, Yellow yeah, is my exactly. favorite color.
1: Yeah, same, same <laughs> here, yeah.
0: Tell me more, a bit more than uh, the project. First of all, congratulations, you won Thank the prize so yesterday much. of the best cargo bike. But tell us a, a bit more about that.
1: So, yeah, the, the project starts uh, from, uh, from a simple reason. I want a cargo bike, but I don't have stories to, to put it in my, my hallway, in, uh, in, my, uh, in my apartment, because I was living in a small apartment uh, back then. And uh, when I designed it, I, I designed it with a removable uh, platform, removable cargo, and we, I create a system, and uh, later on, when uh, when I decide to go full on on this project, I improve a little bit the system, and I create uh, I create the, the cargo bike that is today. So we have a like under five seconds removable platform, which allows you to keep your bike inside as a normal bike, even less space than a normal bike. It's just a little bit longer than a normal bike, with around 25-30 centimeter longer than an average bike. But the rest, it's, uh, the, the wideness, it's e- even smaller than a, than a normal
0: bike. I just want to ask you two more things, and yeah. then for sure we're going to have a bit more of time We'll yeah. talk about that also a bit later. The first thing that I want to ask you, so you also were telling me that you have in mind a plan to put a babysitter on that. Yes. Because I'm kind of a fresh dad, and I'm looking for a daddy bike, tell me more about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so we we're working now in designing a, a special a rack, but on the front of the bike for, that is going to work with the system that we have. So we, we try to create this, uh, this uh, rack to be able to have a uh, child seat on the front for you to see the, the child when you ride the bike, but to be easy to remove exactly like the platform. So you can remove the child seat if you want to go shopping, yourself or put the, the child seat there and you have a little bit space for for your your shopping behind the, the child seat so it's gonna be like this space for, for um, uh, yeah
0: yeah there's gonna be the space for the cargo oh, and the space and for the, the baby yes perfect another thing that you were telling me is this is you are trying to make it all made with parts so made in Europe and with parts coming from Europe yes so
1: I'm I'm focused now on more on designing the, the bike and improving the small details and function of the bike and we decide to go with a factory in Europe to build our cargo bikes. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. And um, this factory it's already have a more than 20 years uh, history in building b- uh, car- bikes and cargo bikes. They build a lot of other brands on cargo bikes and uh, we, we decided to go with them because they are quite specialized in cargo. and being close to us. We live in uh, Harlem, Daintia. It's very easy to go there and check the product, speak with them, it's, it's everything very easy. And uh, yeah, we, we decide to, to go for steel first because uh, steel is strong, it's keeping a lifetime if you maintain it properly and if you if you build it properly. And um, the rest, uh, other stuff like the wheels, we found a company that, uh, it's, a, it's a company named Rod 15 that they, they make their own rims, in the house, in uh, somewhere in Holland. I don't know. I don't remember the name of the. No city. problems. Holland is mall Yeah, and uh, they design for us the, the rims, and they build them there in the house. Everything. So we have a, one of the, the, the main thing is frame and wheels. They are from from the house, and the rest are we use everything Shimano, Shimano De, Deore with the GRX crankset so we try to use good parts on the, on the bike too
0: Perfect Daniel where we can find you
1: uh, we we can uh, you can find us in uh, 1007.cc on the website or on Instagram on 1007.cc again and uh, we are based in Harlem in Netherlands
0: So in case we can shop we can send you a message and uh, we can just swing by
1: uh, yeah, you can send me a message on Instagram and uh, you can pass by in, uh, in our uh, workshop in uh, Harlem. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: I was walking here around and my friend John told me that I need to talk with you. Oh, by the way, I'm talking with Diego. What's the name of the brand? Uh, Cybro. Cybro. What does it mean?
2: Cycling Brothers, Cycling
0: Brothers or Cybro? Uh, tell me more. Uh, no, it
2: means uh, Cycling Brothers, uh, means a uh, community around our uh, brand. I mean, we are a community, an internal community, let's say a group of friends, uh, a group of people that share the same uh, vision of the bike, but at the same time we want our customer to leave the community with us. and. To leave the concept of the bike with us and to experience the bike with us. So that's why Cycling
0: Brothers in this. Sense. It makes a lot of sense. And actually, the community is exactly the thing that we like to talk about. Correct. Right. Uh, what I wanted to ask you I mean, I arrived here and the first question that I asked was what's the bike made for? Is carbon? And then you said, why don't you like carbon? We have another concept of carbon bikes. Tell me more about your solutions with carbon parts, but different kind of projects.
2: Correct. Uh, our bike is uh, a carbon frame with um, aluminum lugs. Uh, the concept starts from the '90s Italian bikes, uh, like the Alan or the or the Oldish. Uh, at that point. They were exploring the material and they were looking for a way to weld, let's say, the the carbon and using Aluminium lugs was the solution. Here now we are trying to get back the feeling of the very nice 90s bike, the one that you really want to ride the the one that you experience, the riding, you have the joy of riding. Maybe you are not the raciest guy around, but you really enjoy to pedal. And we look back to the techniques and, yes, that that solution with the lag was something very nice that we want to experience. Uh, What we wanted to give is something like a futuristic view Using uh, an oldish technique, and so we work on the design. And yes, we have an aggressive design and very strange of the lugs. The lugs are made in CNC, so they are milled out of a block, um, and each customer has his own uh, lug set. So the frame is on the customer size, and each particular frame is made around the customer. The customer could this way experience the old bike and everything is made around him and discussing with us it's a way from one side to know us to know each other better to understand what's the vision of the bike what is he's looking for on a bike but at the same time to give him the perception of his own bike made that for him i mean we have different bikes here we have carbon um in a more let's say modern way we have a gravel and we have a mountain bike with a uh, very engineered concept of the carbon uh, frame and with the belt and with the pinion gearbox but somehow these are the bike for the customer who want to have a performing bike but at the same time wanted to have in our catalog something that was able to let the customer experience the bike and leave the bike and cycle as we
0: like that's great tell me actually where we can find you i mean in bassano del grappa we said that's very italian Prex. but also on the internet wherever we
2: where Yeah there's uh the website is It um, is written Bro Okay. Uh, Industries.it, uh, and that's it. That's uh, Instagram, us, whatever. Instagram and Facebook. Cyber. Yes, yes, Cybro.
0: Thanks a lot, people. Grazie. Thank you. Walking around on the show, hopefully it works. I found actually somebody that you should already know if you listen to the episode. Hi, Luca. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you again. I mean, it's so nice that finally we got to meet. (laughs)
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, we were, we always talked through the phone and the microphone, whatever, but we never got each other, like, to see live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, where are you?
3: What are are you doing here at the Bespoke? Um, I'm I'm here at the TTG stand painting for, uh, because I... I've been working for them for like three or four years now, painting some frames and forks and uh, I'm painting a fork, customizing a fork, a Columbus fork. Okay, okay, okay. So, so actually it's a, a joint venture between Columbus and, and TTC. Biggest TTC is finally making some uh, steel frames. That's amazing, because before they were used to do only carbon. Handmade in Italy, carbon bikes, yeah. And now they also have a new Columbus frame, as yeah. I said, yeah.
0: And you have also one of their steel frames, or?
3: Not yet, because they're building one. There is, exists only one so far. Uh, and the idea was like a collaboration between uh, um, Shimano, because there is the new GXR, like silver one, so, ah, yes. Yeah, They have 11 pieces, so they're making 11 uh, steel frames with 11 different uh, forks, Columbus forks, which are painted by me.
0: That's super awesome. Yeah. And actually, you were supposed to have also the frame here. but something Yeah, I got
3: stuck at the custom and I haven't seen it yet live. I just saw the pictures. I mean, I saw that I painted the, fr- the, the fork in my studio in Milan then i sent it to them but i never saw the the complete bike assembled so um, i was looking forward to see it but uh, unfortunately not yet
0: i just want to ask you another couple of things ciao man. <laughs> are you doing good Yeah, okay, uh, i'll see you later, I'll go see yeah, you later james yeah. Ciao. also james is here i need I to pick him up i mean yeah. also last time that i saw him was at the atlas monterey okay, now so i want to ask you two different things one i can see a lot of your I don't know, masterpiece, art piece, here around? Uh, sketches. How, yeah, sketches. How your art side, I mean, cycling-wise, we see that texture, you're painting the fork and whatever. What yeah. else? What else in your life art-wise?
3: Um, I do
0: murals and I do, lately
3: I've been working on interiors uh, and I really love that because I'm painting uh, on paper and making uh, wallpaper.
0: That's super yeah,
3: so I'm making, especially in Milan, where I'm based right now, I'm, I'm taking care of uh, an interior design of a, a coffee shop, which is really nice. And I'm also screen printing on textile to make um, exclusive and unique uh, cycling hats.
0: That's super awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. When I can see that? Ah, soon,
3: because it's, I'm working for Bicci Radici, and uh, because it's, um, uh, it's a birthday 10 years of a shop, uh, so and the show will be on the fourteenth of November, and uh, by then. yeah, the coffee shop will finish by the end of the year. So that's great.
0: Look at the last thing. How your how is your cargo bike doing? My cargo
3: bike, uh, I think, is doing well because I'm not using it anymore. <laughs> no, I, I sold it uh, because uh, now it, uh, it's um, it's a collection. A collection piece. Someone asked me to paint it more and to buy it. and I said,
0: "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> That's amazing. Luca, thanks a lot. I'm gonna see you around for parting and stuff.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot to see you again it was, uh, and to meet you by present. Of course, ciao. ciao.
0: Well, I was walking around and I found this huge frame, and I started talking with Ralph. Uh, Ralph always soon cycles. That's perfect. So, Ralph from Moon Cycles, and uh, yeah, tell me more about. I mean, apart from being super big as a frame and amazingly colorful, colorful I can mm-hmm. see also a lot of super nice pieces
4: of uh, engineering here around. Can you tell me more about that? What's the concept? So, concept first of all, it's a 36-inch uh, bike packing bike uh, for long distances, and uh, the customer um, is actually very tall, so it's two meter ten. He is. Two meter ten, yeah. Um, and we started off with the 29 and the head tube got ridiculously long Uh, so we decided to bring the bike back into proportion and go for bigger bigger wheels and um, got the 36 inch wheels from from monocycling and then we constructed the frame around it Um, we put a a custom-made intent fork upside down fork uh, on it uh, with 80 millimeter suspension and then we have quite some uh, 3D printing uh, going on, um, it's filament-based uh, printing from BISF. Um, it has uh, 3D printed dropouts with integrated rear lights, uh, 3D printed yoke with integrated cabling. And uh, also the, the C2 block is uh, additive manufactured, yeah.
0: yeah.
4: No, it's very really great. You were telling me that actually this is a bicycle that is made for
0: riding long distances
4: yeah exactly and then we're running a flat bar but then we have like this right far um, ergonomic handles where you can rest your arms on and then go to an ergonomic position Um, it has a dropper post as well so if it gets rough you can get the saddle out of the way
0: awesome yeah
4: and also you made everything also together and was the same
0: concept also for the bags right
4: Yes, uh, the, the, the bags are custom-made from uh, witzlingers, so we have uh, uh, braze-ons, so we can screw the bags directly in, they have a very tight fit uh, without, without uh, velcros or, or, or rubber, rubber ties, so it's really clean, integrated um, and thought of it uh, from the beginning, like from uh, building the frame, every integration was planned already, so. That's super great.
0: And, I mean, if somebody really tomorrow is going to be in the need of a bicycle like this, a super special
4: project like this, where we can find you? It's uh, hooncycles.com or at Instagram it's at hooncycles. That's super perfect. Hoon is H-U. Hn. Yeah, that means it's better to say. <laughs> that means uh, chicken in uh, German. Okay. Because you are from Nuremberg, you told me, right? Yeah, Bayreuth, Bischofsgrün, actually. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: And uh, we have a we have a marketing slogan prepared, of course, and that's uh, that's uh, getting dirty is fun. Mm, makes sense. Chickens live in the dirt, and yet they look elegant, right? Yeah, so absolutely. That's what we think about our bikes, and. Uh, yeah, chickens can fly for small distances. Mountain bikes do the same. True. <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, walking around, I found these amazing designs of these great bikes made of titanium. They are called Sturdy. I mean, the name says it all.
5: Uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> well, it's my name, so feels feels right to put it on my Makes bike. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: So I'm talking with Sturdy. I understood is your, yeah, your I'm name. Yeah, t- Tom
5: Sturdy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm the uh, yeah. Th- these are uh, the bikes that I design and manufacture um, uh, yeah we've got one of pretty much all of the models that we offer here so they're all um, they're all made to measure so each one is completely unique and, and optimized for one individual rider uh, we've got a range from roads uh, mountain bike time trial gravel the whole well pretty much the whole lot yeah
6: okay
0: and what do you have actually in your cell or what do you use usually uh, TT bike or... uh, so
5: personally uh, most of my right well no pretty mixed most of my riding is um yeah i enjoy time trial not this time of year but okay time trial um so that's road, your bike uh, unless someone offers me the right price for it yeah okay yeah um yeah no that's mine uh it's um it's a new model for me so i've just effectively launched this um so it's, it's always difficult to describe to someone what a time trial bike is going to look like before they see it so um, inevitably I was going to have to build uh, a prototype to test uh, and yeah that's it
0: that's super great and I mean why did you decide to go for titanium I mean for sure it's a super versatile material it's cool to see I mean it's super cool because you can anodize it you can change colors and stuff but technically I mean engineering uh, wise why did you decide to go for that
5: yeah, so um, it does have a really versatile set of me- mechanical properties. So the uh, it's, a, it's a high strength. Um, well, there's different alloys of titanium, um, but you can get exceptionally high strength alloys uh, and uh, it's got uh, good stiffness. It's not as stiff as steel. It's stiffer than something like aluminium, stiffer than most carbon fiber. Um, uh, and, and so you can use it to to design a structure um, in a number of different ways Uh, so it's it's kind of in a nice little sweet spot for designing bikes it's not too heavy not too flexible um, uh, and so yeah it's a a really versatile um, material also because I use a lot of additive manufacturing what um, does it mean so that's like 3d printing so a lot of the bikes that I produce uh, a, a significant proportion of the bike is is 3d printed and titanium alloys lend themselves very well to 3d printing so printed titanium can have uh, really good set of mechanical properties so really high strength good ductility uh, good fatigue resistance so yeah it's a it's a nice uh, material to engineer bikes from
0: that's amazing um, last thing that i want to, i mean a couple of things here yeah. i want to ask you but the first thing that i want to ask you is that so here you can see mountain bike road bike and of course a tt bike where does it actually land if you talk about, for example, bike packing or gravel bikes? Is also titanium good for this kind of use?
5: Yeah, so uh, we've got a, a gravel bike somewhere on another stand, tail, okay. a tail fin borrowed one to put oh, one I'm on. Go there, yeah, um, uh, yeah it, it, it lends itself really well. Uh, you know, it's a, a minor point, but it doesn't corrode. You know, it's, it's Titanium oxide, which is basically what forms on the surface of a titanium frame, is impervious to corrosion, so uh, it'll last and stay looking that way pretty much forever.
0: That's super amazing. Uh, last thing that I want to ask you is, I mean, we are we got in love with titanium mm-hmm. and we want to have it for a specific use. What's the price? I mean, or at what price tag we are arriving for the frame? Frame and fork.
5: So um, titanium, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an expensive material. Uh, the particular way that I use it is even more expensive. So additive manufacturing is expensive. So inevitably my bikes are top-end price tag. Uh, complete bikes typically cost somewhere between £11,000 and £14,000 including UK sales tax. Um, the frame kits, it will vary a bit depending on what the kit is uh, because I manufacture more than just the frame. I only sell it as a kit of everything I manufacture makes sense. Um, and that will typically range from between £8,000 and £10,000.
0: Okay, okay. It makes sense. makes a lot of sense. But as you were saying, this is... Im- two reasons actually this is actually a material on a bike that probably can last can stay with you forever so that's a super great thing and also sustainability wise especially for this kind of thing it doesn't need so much maintenance and probably you don't have to uh, to build it back or whatever so i mean sustainable, sustainability wise and durability wise i think it's a super great material for this reason
5: yeah uh, i you know i'm all of the bikes that i build are intended to be lifetime bikes for their owners you know i um, I've put a lot of work into making sure that that's what they are. I offer a lifetime warranty on them. Um, and, and, yeah, one of the reasons that I do work with metal and not something like composites is that sustainability. Uh, the way that they're produced is, you know, relatively low waste. Uh, technically, it's all recyclable, um, but, yeah, the, the, they last for as long as you want to keep riding bikes for, basically.
0: That's amazing. Where we can find you? I mean, what if you have an Instagram handle or... Uh, yeah, so,
5: website? Uh, yeah, website, it's Sturdy Cycles. Um, you can find me on Instagram, on the web, uh, or you can come and see us in Froome in Somerset.
0: That's super awesome. Thanks a lot.
5: All right, no worries.
0: So, people, it seems like here we are doing an Atlas Monte reunion. Who am I talking with?
7: Uh, Michael Drummond. I'm Robert Quirk
0: So I will start with Michael From 1 to 7 How cool is this show?
7: Uh, I'd say it's pushing 11 It's a pretty epic show Well above 7 No doubt
0: uh, it's Absolutely absolutely Better than riding
7: Yeah I'd say so You can get a little riding On the track as well If you want to That was pretty good uh, In fact me and Rob Raced yesterday on the track And
0: yeah it Who
8: won? Cool. Uh, none of us yeah. <laughs>
0: Perfect Perfect Did you involve also John For about that right?
8: John yeah. Rudroff is there for it as well. Yeah, he uh, uh, he, he definitely came last. So. <laughs>
0: Between all of you, <laughs> that's the way I that mean, is. He's
8: not here to correct me, so yeah. yeah, we beat John. He was so slow. Yeah, he went uh,
0: on the
7: track backwards. He was that slow. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Poor guy.
8: Actually,
0: claimed to me off records that he arrived fourth, and he said that actually the guy that was in front of him was making some cheeky moves. I don't know.
8: Well, I mean, he's like throwing the shade, isn't he? He's like, yeah, but...
0: <laughs> Such a competitive guy. So uh, let's start from you, Michael. Tell me what have we... I mean, what's the highlights of the show?
7: Well, I mean, to be fair, we're in the middle of the Velodrome. So that's pretty special in its own right. And I think it's, you know, since moving down from Harrogate, the show just seems to have really elevated. Pete's done a great job putting it on. Nice to see some people and some really well-finished bikes. I mean, it feels like this year there was a pretty stiff competition around like the finishing and what people have produced and I think there's more mountain bikes than I've seen in a long time that's pretty special as well so it's good to see off-road riding and custom builds coming in all shapes and sizes that's great
0: Rob congratulations first of all your Thank bicycle you. won the best design uh, the, bus oh, the best finishing Oh was the type best finish it's that's really amazing but what did you come here with
8: um, what have I brought yeah, so I've got two bikes with me. Uh, the one that won Best Finish is a Japanese-inspired hand-painted Mamtor. So, um, very difficult to describe over rail, but it's been gorgeously finished by a painter called Lucia, whose company is Velo She specializes in these awesome, lustrous, hand-painted or... Looking like, you know, like you've got the brush marks and everything on the effects and yes yeah, He's painted these beautiful little landscape scenes all over the bike and yeah, well-deserved best finish I wish I could take some credit for that, but I mean uh, I like li- lined up the painter pointed the customer at. Her so are then, like, you giving
0: uh, her actually the price or
8: yeah? Yeah, if she wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, why not? <laughs> cool, and uh, I mean What else I want to ask you? So super nice actually to be here, super nice to see uh, your work here anyways Rob and it's great but let's talk about cycling because actually as I was saying, it seems like it's a reunion here at Atlas Monterey. Next in the line?
8: Next in the line, possibly Atlas Mountain next year, Okay. Um, I was meant to do it this year, Um, too much going on, me and Mike did Torino-Nice uh, with Tom, so it's nice, I met Mike on Atlas Mountain, uh, the first time round. because
0: you got to meet each other at the Atlas Mountain Race, so you yeah. knew it, f- ah, yeah,
8: nice. so okay. I already knew Tom, uh, we actually met because Tom was a customer, and I always forget that, because we're such good friends now, that's awesome, and I was like, how do we meet Tom? I'm like, oh yeah, he bought a coffee. that's cool, and then, yeah, we both did Atlas, and then Mike, we met Mike there, and I don't know, we just... You make friends, don't you?
0: Absolutely. That's why you need actually to keep on racing. What about you, Mike? Are you doing something?
7: Um, Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, hopefully get myself in better shape this year. At this mountain race, second time around was a bit of a struggle. I kind of went in the after Torino Nice. After Torino Nice, I was a little bit ill as well and didn't have time to train properly. I wanted to race, race, and my race was against myself, so I had to deal with that. But yeah, next year, Pan Celtic again, Dale's Divide. And I really need to send a really sweet email to Alan about HD 550 because that's yeah, it's on the cards, I think. Yeah, I'd like to make a good year of it. We'll see what happens, though.
0: That's perfect. And what's next today? What are we going to do today? Where's the party?
7: Uh, I'm, the party hopefully is in a nice fridge full of cold, soft drinks. That's <laughs> what I'm hoping for, like some sparkling water with peach essence or, you know, something cherry flavored, like a cherry cola. That's that's where the party is at right now.
0: Let me ask to somebody else, what's the party? <laughs>
8: Uh, the party tonight, I can't remember. <laughs> it's hosted by Albion and Steyr. That's so, awesome. I'm going to talk with them then. Perfect. I mean, of course, there was a the party last night. I, mean, this, I missed it. This is the thing everyone uh, sort of forgets. It's like, you know, the awards happen on the Friday night and then the party happens on the Friday night. So everyone gets really drunk and then spends the Saturday... Hurting, so yeah, we're all we're all a bit hungover, bleary-eyed, and um, trying to talk about bikes.
0: <laughs> no worries, we're not <laughs> going to talk about bikes anymore. People think, <laughs> I like, oh, no, no no, Just tell me where people can find you both in the internet. I will start with Rob.
8: Uh, so Quirkcycles.com uh, and at Quirkcycles for Instagram.
0: And on the Broomwagon wagon as well for an episode that I did together with Rob a few years ago. What about you, Michael?
7: So I'm drumming Photo. On Instagram, and my website is michael So that's photography, filmmaking, and writing. And
0: also on the Broom Wagon a couple of years ago. Thanks a lot, people. Thank you. Well, a lot of people, a lot of friends here, and there is also somebody who can give me an announcement. I mean, the announcement was yesterday, but nobody heard about that in the podcast, so we can say. Yeah. By the way, I'm here with Romans. Oh, oh sorry, Roman. Roman. Yeah. Romans is a friend of mine from Latvia.
6: <laughs> yeah, so I'm Roman, and uh, yeah, yesterday we announced uh, that Bespoke will move uh, for next year's edition to Leipzig in Germany, and in 2024 it will be back in London again in the springtime, but next year in October, same weekend as this year, um, we will be in Leipzig and bring um, yeah, the community of bespoke, uh, the the spirit of bespoke t- to to Germany and to mainland Europe.
0: That's great. I mean, a question that I want to ask you, Roman, is that you are making this announcement with one of your hundred thousand hats, because I mean you have a lot of projects around. Tell me more about actually your involvement on bringing bespoke to yeah, yeah. Central Europe.
6: Okay. Yeah. So basically, I'm head of Cycling Saxony. That's the um, industry, uh, cycling industry organization of um, the the state I'm from in in, in Germany called Saxony and um, so I was thinking about bringing a bicycle show to Saxony for a very long time and I know Peter who runs uh, Bespoke together with Josh and we got to know, uh, we got to um, we started talking about this topic this year at Eurobike and they really want to make a show in mainland Europe and I said yeah you have to come to Saxony with it and Leipzig is pretty much the heart of Europe in the middle of everything so for for everyone it will be almost the same distance so um, yeah and also Leipzig has been historically a a city for trade shows so it's one of the oldest trade show cities actually in Germany so we have a lot of great locations so we will have it at the Alte Wollkämmerrei which translates into old wool combing factory so it's a very nice old building a lot of flair a little bit like how the bespoke used to be when it still was in Bristol yeah, kind of a brick building, really costly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, right. and also we have a very vibrant frame, frame builder um, frame building community in Germany and in mainland Europe in general. And for them, it always has been a very, you know, tough task to move all their stuff for the show just for a weekend, basically to to London or to the UK. And now, you know, it will be hard for the UK builders to bring their stuff to Leipzig. But for the rest of of the European and uh, yeah. German builders, it will be much easier to do. have something at display.
0: That's perfect. So, last thing that I want to ask you Roman is what flavour, what different flavour do you think that bespoke, Germany I would say, but anyways in mainland Europe is going to bring? So, in something that is missing at the moment in Europe but also something different from the one that we are experiencing here today.
6: Yeah, um, so I think the, the show in Leipzig will have more, a stronger focus on custom bicycles instead of hand-built bicycles. So, in, in, in the sense of that we will have also more component manufacturers for example at display not so so the focus will still be frame builders but also other companies manufacturers um, that that offer products that help you customizing your bicycle basically so that that will be different and also um, we will have a little bit more of a a um, frame program around the show so here in London it was relatively hard to, to, to organize that with you know, with rides for example everything because it's just a very big city and it takes a long time to get from A to B and in, in Leipzig you can basically start from where the show is um, in, in within five minutes you are within an area where you have perfect gravel riding for example so we can have gravel rides together as part of the program for the, for the bespoke in Leipzig so that's nice too So I
0: have to bring my bike.
6: Yeah, you definitely have to bring your bike. And I, you know, I uh, encourage everyone to cycle actually to Leipzig. So we will have different groups. Actually, uh, just a frame just told me that they looked up at Komoot already, the route to Leipzig from from the UK. So they will cycle all the way from Great Britain down to Leipzig. wait. thanks a lot, Robert. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: So, yeah, somebody walked me until a super great stand and it's a stand of Tailfin and I'm talking with James. Hello there, how's it going? Super good, I mean first of all I just want to ask you how did you enjoy the mini-series with Josh about the Atlas Monte race?
9: To be honest it was really really good to get those insights from somebody that was actually in the midst of a race. Obviously this time with Josh not being able to actually sort of like uh, get online a few times was difficult but actually some of them, the special guests, kind of made it even more entertaining and more enjoyable to listen to.
0: So basically, we are not gonna. I'm not gonna interview Josh anymore. I'm just gonna interview. I don't know his mom, and then Ryan, and then there are so many people. I can interview you next time.
9: Uh, to be honest, yeah, um, the people in the shops down the road. You know, I think anybody's probably going to be a bit more interesting
0: actually I was talking with Jack from Albion and he was telling me why don't you just go and talk with this I don't know the teacher when he was 15 or
9: <laughs> whatever this could be also interesting yeah, just getting those insights into like sort of his life I think probably more people would want to listen to that than actually you sort of like how his feet are feeling on a on ride isn't it <laughs> absolutely. absolutely
0: no talking about tail fin maybe we can drop it <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you are bespoke tell me more so what I mean the solution is pretty clear you're giving a Light by packing solution. That doesn't mean actually just
9: wrapping some saddlebags or whatever. But what's the idea behind it? So the the biggest thing for us as a company is we come from a like a mechanical engineering background. So everything that's created is designed to solve problems. So it's all solution oriented and also because it's mechanical, uh, everything is either on or off. So it's just ultra reliable, ultra repeatable in terms of being able to actually attach things. And then the performance, personally, is second to none. So that comes into it. So we're known, if you know with Tailfin, uh, you'll probably sort of like recognize our rear systems. And with the rear systems, what's notable is it uses an arch system to actually stabilize the bag. And then with that, it means there's zero impact on your handling. So you can ride your bike like your bike. And that's probably the biggest draw of the system. Second to that is also quick release. So you can take it on and off within about five seconds and it uses a, an axle. So you replace your through axle with one of our axles, which means it takes all of the weight off the frame, off your seat post. So it's incredibly strong and very reliable.
0: That's really great. Another thing that actually I can see here, for example, checking the bag that is on the back here. Actually, that's Josh's bag and I mean it's super easy to pack because otherwise with a saddlebag it's always a, a bit of a pain that you have to stuff things inside and then, pressure, then put some pressure on that and if you as soon as you're taking things off it's impossible to take them back on yeah. tell me more about actually also this kind
9: of thinking about also the bags themselves and not only the system yeah like we've we've all used packs, we've all used everything every every type and the, the, as you said you always have problems if you don't pack it perfectly then you kind of like you want to get something you can't get it. So it's why we've adopted a basically a roll top. So it's top access, which means you can effectively look at what you're packing. You can see the things inside, and you can pack it properly every single time. And um, because it's then a roll top, you can kind of like roll it down. It's 100% waterproof. But then the added bonus is there's a direct access pocket on the side, so you don't have to open it to get things out of it. So you can always like sort of just put your hand in and grab things you might need on the ride without actually having to undo the whole thing and open everything to the elements that's super great another
0: thing actually that i want to tell you i mean here we are talking as well i mean people that are listening to the podcast are thinking about bikepacking or uh, i mean something like bicycle touring and everything but your solution gives also a bit more of a different things for example i have a friend of mine he has stupidly expensive road bike but when he has to do some little trips, we're talking about switzerland so for example when he has to do from bern to zurich or from geneva to bern or whatever on this stupid expensive road bike he puts i mean one of your solution and then you can really put stuff on top so it's really a solution not only for rough gravel touring bikes but also for super expensive and super light road bikes
9: yeah, it, to be honest, um, when it first started, when Nick uh, Nick Broadbentz, the, the founder, when he first created the ideas, it was based around road cycling, and it was based around having a very light, beautiful bike that he couldn't fit a rack to, couldn't fit anything to. So we created a system that you don't need to have any proprietary mounts on your bike. It will fit the majority of bikes. So because it takes the weight off the frame, you can have like that super light, super beautiful road bike and you can use that, so that system. So yeah, it's, it's, it's basically it's a system for any sort of bike. And to be honest, even on the, if you go to the opposite side, uh, it also works with full suspension mountain bikes as well. So it's, it's articulated, so it actually works with your suspension. So you can basically, if you've got any type of bike, it will work.
0: A super amazing thing that Tailfin does as well, is really working for the community together with the community i mean you have awesome people that actually are really working together with you for example josh then james then i mean uh, there is also Finlay. a lot of super nice chris a lot of super nice people that are really working together with you how did it happen actually how did you
9: collect such an amazing bunch of people to develop project with you well the critical thing for us is we want to make sure that all of our products are created with the input of people that use them so uh, we developed the, the, the R&D division, which is our, our riders, um, and it's a two-way program. It's not like a standard brand ambassador thing where we give products to people and they just ride them. Uh, we basically get feedback from them, and that way then it helps us to shape all the products that, that come from self and that everybody uses. Uh, the great thing as well is like we've got a real diverse range of riders. So it's not all about ultra endurance racing, We've got uh, people like Andy Cox who literally lives on his bike. So he uses the stuff more than anybody else. So he rides like 15,000 kilometers a year. So, you know, that will put anything through the paces. And then, you know, and we've got even people that just literally ride and commute. So, and they, again, give feedback about different things. So it's just a real great way of actually us being able to give something back to the riders and then helping it to shape all of our products. That's awesome. Last thing that I want to ask is, we talked a lot, we talked about the concept, we talked about everything, where we can find you? Uh, So we deal directly through our website. So if you go to www.tailfin.cc, Um, You'll see all of our products. Um, Sign up to our uh, newsletter and that's where you'll find out about our latest releases. And we've got some pretty exciting things coming over the next coming months that some of you might have seen ideas of on like Josh's bike, for example. Um, James Hayden, quite a few people are using some pretty cool products that we're gonna be excited about. So we just need to wait, subscribe to the newsletter, and maybe
0: you can give me a shout and I can say something on my new podcast as well.
9: Yeah, absolutely, or yeah, through our social channels, so Tailfin Cycling on Instagram, Facebook as well, definitely the way forward. That's awesome, thank you James. No problem at all, thank you.
0: Walking around also here, at the Tailfin booth I found... Uh, James Hayden. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? I'm really, good, I'm really good. Long time, don't see you. Yeah. Two from, years. From, yeah. Was it... No. Three? Silk Road? No. Atlas Monterrey 2020. Ah, okay. Yeah. That, that feels like three years absolutely yes with two years of pandemic in the middle so probably also seven years
10: <laughs> pandemic years yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: I mean I promise you I'm not going to ask you anything crazy but actually you just finished your event that was super great so I want you to As
10: exp- a yeah.
0: Ah, yeah, Lesperie Lesperie exactly yeah. because my naming I mean I'm super bad in pronouncing things <laughs> I just want to know more what was it how was it and how do you feel about that
10: yeah, so I have the organization, uh, Lesperi del Bikepacking, and we put on our first event, Lesperi de Girona, uh, which was 800 kilometers and about 30,000 meters in, in Girona region. So it starts and finishes in the city and then goes all around um, to nearly every hilltop there is. Uh, it was really exciting to sort of spend two years riding in this area. I found some amazing places. And I just thought to myself, uh, I want to bring people here to experience this place because it's incredible. This riding is incredible. The views are incredible. And, and people had a lot of fun.
0: And then, how did it end up? (laughs) No one finished. (laughs) No one finished, yeah. Okay, but, I mean, people anyways were happy or...?
10: Yeah, people had a lot of fun, and, you know, even if they didn't finish, they still got several days of riding, and those that sort of scratched earlier on, I helped them to find different places to go, to go riding, so it was kind of cool being a tour guide and still showing off the area.
0: Yeah, because the cool thing was kind of even if it was super tough and in a great place, it was kind of anyways for a lot of people an introduction, right?
10: Yeah, it was like the, the beginning wasn't that difficult. So they could come and do that and learn some skills and I help people try and prepare before the event and after the event. So it was an exciting opportunity.
0: Yes. And then are you going to do it again next year or? Yeah. Or no comment?
10: Yeah, no. I. I, I, I I enjoyed doing it. I think it's really great route. I think there's a few things I want to improve, but I think it's 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 really great. It's an amazing place to ride your bike and of course I'm going to put it on again because people should come and ride their bikes
0: on. That's great. Thanks a lot. Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Well, people a little selection of the people that I talk with during the event on records I hope you liked it I mean I loved it for sure a lot of people were missing but a lot of people were there and for sure more people are gonna be in the podcast or maybe not but for sure they are gonna be in the next edition of Bespoked same period of this year end of September beginning of October in Leipzig be there and just follow them at bespoked.cc on the Instagram you're gonna find a lot of it I can't wait to be in Leipzig for this show, as Roman said. Well, thanks a lot for you. If you arrived till here, remember that down there in the description below, you are going to find my coffee link. If you want, just pay me a coffee. It's really appreciated. And as well, if you want, just rate this podcast, subscribe, do whatever you want. And if you like it, well, let me know with a nice and good feedback. Even not so nice. Whatever feedback. You think it's worth it. Komoot, you are just great. 3D mapping, even greater. You people out there, actually outdoor, if you want to get an extra region, komoot.com slash G, CodeBroom, and then you can start a fresh registration with another region, extra region. That's super awesome. People, thanks a lot for listening. Soon something new, but for now, hugs to everybody and shout out to the people that made this episode happening. Ciao!